Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Dragoncast, home of House of the Dragon. Gather your small council, send out your ravens and call in your bannermen. I'm Hand of the King Jamie East, here to guide you through the highly anticipated return to Westeros. Hello there everybody, uh, welcome to Dragoncast, home of House of the Dragon. I'm your host and maester of ceremonies, Jamie East. We haven't got a guest this week, uh, because... Hey, that bloody tube strike in King's Landing is it's just driven every, everyone absolutely berserk. Uh, but joining me, as always, to discuss all things going on in House of the Dragon is journalist, writer, cook, celebrity chef, celebrity chef newsletter uh, author, and the brass knuckle dusters on the hand of the king is a proper hard geezer, this guy is. It's Chris Mandel. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Very good. And um, I should say that one of the reasons that we haven't got a guest is that when we were kind of like looking ahead and, and full disclosure we are talking uh, it is it's Monday the 19th of September now there, so we're, we're very lucky and privileged that we get to see some episodes in advance without putting one finer point on it the Queen's literally just gone into the ground and we've just jumped on straight to talk about and I'm going on holiday tomorrow so that's and you're going on holiday tomorrow so it was a bit of a there was a problem with, with booking a guest anyway because they wouldn't have been able to have seen the episode uh, because they're uh, HBO privileges don't grant them that kind of special access but having said that it was also partly because I just felt like having watched episode 6 it feels like we started all over again and there is so much ground to cover probably about 10 years of ground to cover Uh, so many new characters so many new actors so many new storylines that it felt like we, Chris and I just needed to catch up. It's been a while, babes, where it's just been uh, me and V. It's been 10 years. It's been you 10 the whole years. a day. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. So, okay. Let's talk about that first. So, episode five finished. The last thing we saw was Rhaenyra getting married, albeit in a rush with a rat drinking the blood of uh, Joffrey, the dead uh, boyfriend of Lainor. So Kristen Cole was saved from committing Harry Carey by Alicent, presumably kind of uh, to bring him on side. We didn't see what happened to Rhaenyra. The last thing we saw of Rhaenyra was she was carted off, thrown over the, sh- over the shoulder of... Um, Harwin. Of, yeah. Harwin of, uh, Strong? Was it was the... Of, of Breakbones Strong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and carted off into the distance. Well, as it turns out, quite prophetic, that that kind of moment. Chris, 10 years, 10 bloody years. Now, we've had a lot of time jumps in House of the Dragon already, and we are only at episode six of season one. We've already jumped. How far ahead have we jumped from episode one then? 
So total, I'm just sort of back of the napkin maths, about 14 years, because I think there was two years between two and three. There was six months at one point. There was yeah. maybe... Then another three years. So yeah, it's, it's, about, it's about 14, 15 years, isn't it? Yeah, I think 14, 15, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is bonkers. We didn't, we never had that, that time jump, I don't think, in Game of Thrones. We have flashbacks yeah. and, and, yeah. and whatnot, but, but goodness me, it's quite a lot to get your head around at first, isn't it? It is, and I think this episode is quite a lot, there is a lot to get into because there is, first of all, there is a lot of characters that have aged up. There are new characters, there are babies that are now infants, there are infants that are now children. You know, like, it's just, you, it does take a minute to get your bearing. Um, but what I think is interesting about this episode is it largely takes place over one day. It sort of yes. does jump ahead. At the end. That is sort of classic Thrones. This actually felt like a Game of Thrones episode because it did. It, there was a very concentrated storyline that involved lots of people. And there was loads of little storylines going on. And I, I made more notes this week than I ever have. Yeah. Because there was a lot to take in and there was a lot of cues. And so... I do think the jumping around has been really hard. I think it's about to settle down, although we really have got to the end of what we've seen uh, in advance. We are going in blind going forward. Yeah, from now on, I don't think we get sent no. any more episodes unless we're very... sick of us. Sick of us emailing them on, I, yeah, on bank it, holidays. Yeah, a little sidebar. <laughs> I'd just like to thank Megan so, so Megan. much. Uh, lovely Megan at HBO uh, for getting our panicked text going, I've lost access to episode six, uh, yeah. just in the middle of the Queen's funeral. So thank you, Megan. But yeah, so it was a big, big scene setting episode, but I really felt like by the end of it, there was, a, you know, the agenda was set, battle lines were drawn. Where do you want to, where do you want to start? Should we talk about... I think about- we should start. So, so forgive me, listeners or viewers... This isn't me trying to teach a grandmother to suck eggs, but I I think for the vast majority of, I'm going to say general viewers of, of House of the Dragon, not casual viewers, because I don't think you can be a casual viewer, no, but certainly viewers who don't sit there making notes like us or don't, there's a lot <laughs> taken just even, I think there were nine children now. There are nine kids bombing around. It's a crash. King's Landing is a crash now. So let's go through it chronologically. Sure. And and when there are sidebars to raise, i.e., who's who's is that kid? Then we'll, then we'll we'll do that. So yeah. First okay. things first. Who's is that kid? Well, it's uh, it's Rhaenyra's kid who is now all grown up, as as uh, Westerosi Online would have said. Yeah. Played by the incredible Emma Darcy. Amazing. The casting. I mean, we we touched upon it at the end of uh, as we said goodbye to to Millie and Emily. Uh, before the casting of Alicent and and Rhaenyra has just been almost just weird, so yeah. weirdly accurate because both of them have just been great. And by the end of this, by the end of this episode, I'd not forgotten about about the younger mm. versions because they were so good, but already just completely sold on on where we are now. And and Emma Darcy is just like, oh my god, she's it's fierce, incredible. So like. Olivia Cook is playing Alison Hightower. Literally looks like Emily Carey, like eight, yeah. nine years older. Like it is unreal. And Emma Darcy is now playing Rhaenyra, who again looks like a more wiser, a bit, a little bit more ground down sort of than Millie Alcock was playing Rhaenyra, who was still kind of a bit punky and a bit sort of chipper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit sassy. You know, time yeah. has has these these two women have grown up, and they've both sort of borne the brunt of that period because. Rhaenyra has now had, she's had three children. So let's yeah. go through them. So the oldest is Jacaris, who's known as Jace. Thank God. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there's all the vowel, like A's and E's and I's and O's. Oh my goodness. And then the second one is ooh, Luke, Luke, Luke Aris, who is Luke known Aris? as Luke. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks. And Ryan. they're both very Luke. similar looking, uh, mousy hair, sort of tuffled. They don't look like Targaryens, which we'll get to in yeah. a second. And then at the start of this episode, Rhaenyra gives birth to her third son, who Lainor asks to name Joffrey, which, which was the name of of the which his, of, his lover, the Mashtin lover. The la- yeah. yeah, exactly. So. She, uh, so Rhaenyra ha- has three sons, and Alicent has Aegon II, who was baby already Boris. In- that was Baby Boris. That's right. Who yeah. now looks like that kid of Stranger Things? I think. Yes, Finn Wolfhard. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, very waspy. Alicent also has Helena, and then since then, there's also another boy who is called Aemond. <laughs> Literally, could they please pick some new names? Okay, so that's that's six that we that's know of. Six. And then should we touch upon the fact that we do get a glimpse of Damon? Yes, Damon has spent this period, uh, he, we saw him making looks at Lena uh, Valerian at the wedding. You sussed that out almost prophetically? And honestly, I, I made a note of that before I saw the episode. I know we were like okay. having a bit of fun with that, but Let you that off. wasn't Let me you being off. like, I know what happens next. I'm going to put All right, Yuri Geller. Yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so Damon and Lena have wed, and I guess it, what is implied is that Valer- House Valerian weren't happy with that, maybe because they've sort of gone and they've done a Harry and Meghan, and they're yeah, now exactly. touring. They're on their world tour. Yeah. They're on their world tour. They've got their podcast deal. They've just signed a deal with Spotify. <laughs> yeah. yeah, precisely. <laughs> and they've got twin girls called Baylor. They they've got Raina and Baylor. I mean, Raina God and Baylor. Yeah, I'm sorry, these. These names. It's just, it's, it's really just nuts, isn't it? Come on, George. But they didn't really do. They didn't really do a great deal. So I feel like I haven't really paid much attention to them. No, but they're just there. They're like cousins, I'm sure. Yeah. All, and then Lena yeah. gives birth to a child that doesn't survive. I think. No, I don't think she even gives birth. I don't. I don't. Oh, th- I I, yeah, we should I, get into we'll that touch upon. Well, I mean, yeah. we may as well touch upon. I think. I think that the baby was still within her. Still, right. And and that was her. Lena, kind of two thirds of the way through the episode knowing that she's going to be unable to give birth, knowing that this is futile, that she won't survive, goes to her dragon, Vagar, yeah. and commands it to rush Really to interesting, really great moment there. The, the kind Incredible. Of the, the, the connection between her and her dragon, where the dragon was just kind of like, oh, come on, no, don't ask me to do this. And she was like, yeah. no, it's this is, it was, it was quite moving. It was incredible. And it's such a... Clever parallel between Viserys having to make the choice in episode one. Damon yes. has the same choice. Different thing. But interestingly, I don't think Damon made the choice. No. One thing that I took away from episode six was actually a lot of role reversals going on. A lot of role reversals yeah. going on. There was that there was that parallel between Viserys and Damon, whereas actually Viserys was pretty strong-minded in that. He was like, Well, I want my son. That's that's yeah. the end of it. That's what's gonna happen. And Damon faltered and left it up to Lainor to to solve the conundrum for him in the worst yeah. possible way. And yeah. then uh, then we've got Rhaenyra and Alicent. And, and actually, in the younger iterations, Rhaenyra was the strong kind of like knows what's what kind of thing. Alicent was floundering and a little bit kind of um, doing a lot of 180s and realising that she'd made a mistake in trusting this person, that person. And we find the two of those characters in polar opposites. And actually, weirdly, Rhaenyra has just, she seems to have just like, not lost the plot, but just kind of like, literally, yeah. if, if you could summarise not giving a fuck, yeah. then surely it's Rhaenyra who, you know, when, you know, when someone, you kind of read stories about uh, murderers or, or adulterers or someone just, they kind of cry for help and wanting to be caught. 
Yeah. And they, yeah. they kind of do things and they say, well, this was clearly them wanting to be caught and wanting someone to find the body or whatever. Rhaenyra is basically quiet quitting as the heir to the throne. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's just yeah. like, oh, and, don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah, because I think someone says, is, you know, to have one, to do this once is, is kind of like... Yeah. Alison says it. Yeah, once is for love or or yeah. something like that. But to do it three times. The kind of thing this episode is that the political marriage that she made with Lenor 10 years on has just fallen apart. Because it's just she not worked. Because she cannot keep he's... her hands off how and strong. She's got three children that don't look like Targaryens. And everyone knows it. Everyone knows and it. And Lenor is just, is just kind of like... Oh my God. <laughs> Can we talk? Can we talk about talking of names in Westeros? I love that Lenor brings this guy home called Carl, who literally <laughs> looks like the kind of guy you would pick up in a Spanish nightclub. It's literally like, oh yeah, he he's got all these great stories. He's that like, really successful. I was like, Carl, you've picked up a man called Carl, and you're everyone's gr- everyone's met Carl before. Haven't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. you just it's, know he's really good at card tricks. Watch you this. You just yeah. know he's got a barbed wire tattoo on his bicep. You just know. <laughs> And the yeah, best yeah, yeah. thing is by the end of the episode when Rhaenyra and Lenor are like, right, we're going to go to Dragonstone. She's like, bring Carl. We need all the help we can get. I'm just yeah. like, it's Carl's just, like, just it, lit up. You know? Yeah, he did. He's like, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> so I thought that was hilarious, but yeah. I thought I thought Lenor was really good in this episode. Yeah. I thought it was actually quite a strong performance from the actor forgive me i don't know who that is but his name is kind of remarkable isn't he yeah even Uh, when you go onto the google house of the dragon cast it's still very confusing but like they've both he's been told listen you're not allowed to mess around with all these sailors and get drunk but like he's seeing his wife having her fun and birthing children off the back of it and they're both really at loggerheads that and what happens at the end of the episode is there is this resignation that we need we need to work together and we need to put our heads together and and we might have to start fighting our enemies soon. So yeah, tell me what your thoughts are. Because at the beginning, when it kind of dawned on dawned on me what was going on with Rhaenyra and the kids and you know part of me was just like are they Kristen Coles are they, are they yeah. you know and then and then are they just insinuating that they're breakbones as kids and then we got into the whole kind of how to train your dragon thing and it turns out actually not you know they're definitely his yeah. they're definitely his kids when he, when there was the scrapping in the in the sword fighting bit yeah the children are just constantly being pitted against each other. Why do you think she chose to do that three times? Because she's not stupid. I think it's a cry for help. Was she was she begging the question? Was she kind of like flaunting it in front because she knew that her father... Part of me thinks that, you know, because there's been two times where, with Rhaenyra specifically, where Viserys has had this kind of conversation with someone where he's just like, what are you saying? Are you yeah. daring to say the unthinkable? Say it out loud. Say it out yeah. loud. The first one was with being with caught Damon. in flagrante with, with Damon. And now it's about the parentage of, of, um, of, of his three grandchildren. And both yeah. times you kind of think Viserys knows he's not stupid. And we'll actually, we'll come on to Viserys in a minute as well. But, um, mm. Why is she why has she done that three times and just so brazenly? So I think it's a couple of things. I think it's it's she's got careless, but also I think the thing is like it's no one actually says I think they're bastards. No, no one's apart from no the one's, kid. Apart yeah, from the, no apart one's from the confident the enough to yeah. say it because you're it's treason to say that. And I think part of Rhaenyra is so comfortable being this close to power that it that sort of um that sharp mindedness kind of atrophies. She's like, I've got away with it once. I'll get, what are they going to do? Accuse me of, of an, an affair. 
somebody actually says something which is like the king's protection is a very weak shield. And I think this episode, yeah. she realizes that that protection has been fine when she was a child, but that man is getting, is not, somebody says he is not going to live until he's an old man. Yeah. How old do we think he is? Because he looked pretty old to me, I have to say. Honestly, like, I would probably guess like 42. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's that old, you know, when you when you step into a Victorian house yeah. and the doors are all about three foot high, yeah. But I did see Paddy Considine say in an interview, I think it was actually in a podcast, he said, it's, it's leprosy. That's what he's portraying it as. It's not right. just a, a sort of general body rejecting the throne it's that he is ill and they they literally you know i mean the the medical care in in westeros is terrible but even there sort of yeah. like we can't do anything about it yeah i mean even now so so he's lost his he's lost an arm that was, was clearly arm. His, that oh. was clearly we saw it in episode five it was all covered in what we thought was grayscale like um, yeah. so clearly at, well, at some point he's gone right enough with the leeches the whole off with the arm is going to happen part of me was impressed that he hadn't lost more because he lost a hand in the space of like a year and i thought yeah. oh my god he's just going to be like a head on a in a jar by this point <laughs> Because after 10 years... Kind of Westerosi iron lung. They're just yeah. pickling him at this point. But yeah, they, they, he's, they've, clearly the, the leeches have been working to some degree. But I think, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's that old. But then again, I don't know, life expectancy in Westeros, like 60. So I don't know. But yeah, yeah. The, the feeling is he is not long for this world. And the protection that he offers, um, there's sort of not a threat because he's not a threatening figure, but the safety that is guaranteed with him is weakening. And I think yeah. that is what spurs Rhaenyra, that that realisation that like Harwin Strong has resigned and Lionel Strong, his father, tried to resign as Hand of the King and was rejected, but nevertheless took his son home out of like, I need to get him away. Yeah, um, yeah. There's just a sense that like Alison has been really manoeuvring and playing the game. She's got Kristen Cole on her team. Uh, she's got Laris Strong is sort of in her corner. And she does seem, you know, like she's also got these sons that look like Targaryens, which I think Rhaenyra started to realise, like, my children really do not look like Targaryens. And that's... She should have really thought about that. I mean, Just I tell you, never has hair colour been such a decided well, factor I think if anything. they can do caesareans, I'm surprised they haven't got into wig making in West Well, yet. or Why? just peroxide, or yeah. uh, do they not? Yeah, exactly. But I think what is interesting, I just want to say quickly, is both women you know i think the episode was about alison and rhaenyra really getting to see them as adults and that relationship continued to deteriorate but both of them are rendered very invisible by the act of having children because for alison the kids just look nothing like her yeah. and for rhaenyra the kids look nothing like her and they've both had to do this thing like have these kids and they don't see any of themselves in there you know, there's no, for, for Alison, it's like, it's a good thing that they're platinum blonde because their yeah. job is to look like Viserys. No one's like, oh, it's a shame. They haven't got their mother's eyebrows. Yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All of it is about that. And I thought it was interesting how both of those women were, yeah, sort of just there as vessels for the, for the good well, of the realm. Yeah, none more present than with, with, with Rhaenyra's, yeah. like the opening, the opening 10 minutes, probably oh. about five minutes, wasn't it? With, with the birth of, uh, of, of Joffrey. Joff, Joff. <laughs> The the camera stayed pretty much tight on Emma Darcy's face yeah. throughout the whole thing, even as she was walking to see. It was almost like a tracking. It was like the beginning of a Goodfellas, but with umbilical yeah. cords. And just that determination not to let Alison win. And I found it intriguing. You know, obviously we know now it's because Alison wanted to see whether whether or not it had blonde hair or yeah. not. That's, Before that they could it. swap it out, potentially, I thought. Yeah, yeah. 
I thought it was just, it was a phenomenal. Omen. And how, um, how callous to make a woman who's just given birth do that. I think that's the yeah, thing with Alison. Knowing Alicent. full well, well, I mean, she, strictly speaking, she didn't make her come. It was, it was Rhaenyra that insisted on carrying the baby there themselves. They tried to, they tried to rip the baby from, from her arms and she, and she said she'd go herself. But that's right. Yeah, that's right. What it did for me straight away was to show Actually, callous is a good word, is that Alicent has become really quite evil. Yeah, she's hardened a lot. And, I, and, I, and I'm not necessarily convinced uh, it's to protect her children either. I think she's still harbouring a grudge because of Otto, who... Mm-hmm. Uela Otto. I'm, I'm almost certain we haven't seen the last of Otto. Well, I think by the end of the episode, when Lionel Strong is burnt at Harrenhal... That's the avenue. The the sort of the thing I took was that Laris says to her, "You said you wanted your father back because you want more allies." Well, I thought I took that to mean you want me to burn my own family down in a big castle. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he did really. Yeah, I'm not sure he did really. We'll, we'll come yeah. on to that next though. But but in terms of in terms of Alicent, where's her head at now? So we you know the kids are older, heirs are becoming a bit more apparent. She's furious that actually, I think, you know, clearly the lineage would, would, would end with Rhaenyra because the three children are bastards and, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Westerosi rule that ain't allowed, as we know, with Jon Snow uh, a few hundred years yeah. later. But is that all it's about? Is she just trying to, I don't know, what do you think? Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's a big question. She 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 clearly knows that she's got to get Rhaenyra off the throne. So I think there's two things. I think... I think Alicent has watched Viserys get frailer and frailer and realises that Rhaenyra is more and more on the ropes. While this is happening, Rhaenyra has been getting lazier and lazier to the point where everyone kind of guesses that those aren't her kids. And so I think Alicent has been emboldened by her enemy getting weaker. And I think it's really about fortifying everything that she has in order to make sure that Rhaenyra's kids don't pose a threat. And I mean... Yeah, it's like political sabotage most of this episode, isn't it? It's like Yeah, completely. Let's let's touch upon the kids. It's very difficult to, you know, I'm not a huge fan of young kids. It's in in kind of like dramas because they because they're very difficult to to cast yeah. and very difficult. Yeah. They they they're clearly not going to be uh, the best actors in the world, but they do have I thought it was cast pretty well and they did have uh, the certain the right level of snottiness uh, to them. Yes. And actually interesting dynamics not just between the families between Alison's kids and Rainier's kids but actually between the three of them as well the 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 bullying and the yeah. air and the spare idea now i don't know whether you know this i'm throwing it on you a bit i'm not not prepped you for this but the folklore with regards to having a dragon i always assumed that they get given that it's pretty straightforward that as soon as you're born you get given a dragon egg it's then placed mm. in that little crock pot and a dragon is born, it's your dragon, and you immediately bond with it. It felt a little more complex than that here. There were lots yeah. of different different kind of rules that I wasn't, or maybe maybe I wasn't I've not been paying attention close enough, but some of the some of the um Targaryens didn't have a dragon yeah. yet. Yeah. Did you, so I think it's you know it's very about? it's it's complex because essentially there are less dragons than there are Targaryens. Right, and okay. I don't know what the sort of mating period is like, but because oh, they one- said when such and such has a brace, hopefully they'll have a brace of. A- so Cyrax, which I think was Rhaenyra's dragon, they were like when Cyrax has a clutch of eggs. So let's just backtrack slightly. So in the context of this, Rhaenyra said to Alicent at this small council meeting, "Listen, this has got to end this animosity. So I want my son Aegon 
to marry Helena. I want our children to form a union. Alison doesn't want that because they're bastards, essentially. Mm -hmm. And she knows it and Rhaenyra knows it. And that's why Rhaenyra's Rhaenyra trying, to, trying to get one away. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, Rhaenyra doesn't mind children being wedded to other children or, you know, yeah. because this is something that she didn't want when she was a child. But now she understands how that is going to guarantee safety for a generation. And Alison rejects it because she can probably find a better suitor. And I think she has the line, how sweetly the fox speaks when it is cornered by the hound. Rhaenyra is offering up yeah, yeah. her like prime, uh, her like firstborn heir to the throne because she, that's how desperate she is. Um, yeah. And when they're talking about it, uh, Rhaenyra says that Aemond gets first dibs on one of Cyrax's eggs because he doesn't have a dragon. And so, yeah, essentially the firstborns get first pick. And right, for okay. Aemond, who is the second of Alicent's sons, he hasn't got one yet. And that's why they play that prank where they get him a pig. And it's just to sort of humiliate him a bit where they're like, oh, we that, found That him felt proper Game of Thrones, that did. That yeah, felt did. like, do you remember when the Joffrey's, uh, Joffrey's wedding, when they, they did the play? There was a pig involved in that, wasn't there? Yeah. They, not they had a pig Tyrion out, a dwarf riding a pig, a pig because he was it. too yeah, small yeah. to ride a horse. Yeah, that I thought was... there was a lot of texture in that. I thought it was really nice. And that bit where the children were, I think it was uh, Jace. Uh, Rhaenyra's eldest son he was he has this little dragon that he is kind of going to meet it's sort of like puppy training I think where once yeah. a week he'll go oh, a lovely little thing wasn't it really cute yeah yeah so he was kind of training it and they, he said halt and he said stop and come here and he said Dracarys and it killed that poor goat I, there was a really amazing shot where they zoomed in on the goat and the goat sort of goes like he knows <laughs> <laughs> for people not watching this and listening I just pulled a sort of startled expression because the goat's like I thought it was a bit of a nod to Jurassic Park. Yeah, it was really fun. And it was the sort of thing that has sort of been missing, this real interior texture. But I thought that whole scene was really interesting because I have been saying on this podcast for weeks, what you is have? the deal with the dragons? Like, do they just live in the cave? The answer is yes. And they seem to hate being down there. Yeah. But the thing that I thought was interesting, how much um, one of those sort of like janitors, for lack of a better word, says to Jace, you know, once you have bonded, once you're bound to this dragon, it will obey you to the word. It will do everything. And we yeah. see that with Lena towards the end of the episode where she can literally yeah. command the dragon to like kill her. To kill her. Yeah, yeah. And the dragon does hesitate. It's sort of weird watching a dragon do the sort of uh, equivalent sort of, of raise the, the eyebrow. conundrum. You know, do, yeah, I, yeah. do I do this or do I do that? But yeah, I thought all that was really helpful. But yeah, the, the dragon eggs is a, a real bargaining chip for families when they're negotiating. And the other thing we should reference, Lena, Damon's new wife, has Vagar, this absolutely humongous dragon. So that's the biggest dragon in the world. Biggest it's, dragon it's, in the world. Now, as far on. as we know, apart from this mysterious apart from the mysterious one that no one's seen for ages. What was that one My called? My understanding from? is that is the mysterious one that no one has seen for ages. Because in episode oh, is it? two, when Lena was tiny and she was walking with Viserys, she was like, What about that massive dragon? And he said, It flew away. Like no one knew where it is. Oh. And it's an incredible detail because now it's Lena's like, yeah, I sort of, I bagged it, bagged a big dragon. It was amazing. wild. Amazing detail and amazing world building. Fuck, but I love stuff like I would that. have loved just a little bit more about that process because when yeah, the yeah. dragon is literally the size of like, you know. When do we see that bonding take place and can yeah. it be transferred can it can that be transferred because well it must be able to be I because think, i imagine you can because i think viserys inherited his uh, dragon balerion i think he balerion, yeah, yeah. balerion i think he inherited that so now the theoretically uh without wanting to kind of like 
I know the grave's still the grave's still warm and stuff. Like the seat's still warm, but there is the world's biggest dragon now without yeah. a rider. Yeah, and I sort of think yeah, dragons do have multiple riders, I believe, and I, I imagine my 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 instinct is that children may better inherit one of their parents' dragons. Um, right. And we did see Lena and Damon have two girls. Maybe one of them will end up riding it. But, you know, it's something that I think could be quite dense and it could be quite hard to get across mm. to people. But that is, I think, a really, really cool detail that that absolutely massive dragon was mentioned all the way back in episode two. And that little girl, even then, was like, so it's wild. Like, where is it? Have you seen it? We can hear it sometimes at Driftmark. Because, of course, Driftmark is... In the sea. It's right there, yeah. I think it's really cool and props to yeah. them for sort of making sure that that is consistent. Absolutely. Before we head off for a, for a quick break, I want to ask you this, because at the beginning, Rhaenyra was pretty belligerent and headstrong and kind of like classic Love Island, it is what it is. Yeah. Deal with it, eh? Yeah. Deal with it. A bit of sass. And then, like you said, by the time she got to the small council, she was, uh, for want of a better word, shitting herself. Yeah. What was the turning point? What was the moment for you where that actually happened then? Because it's, I can't remember it being abundantly obvious to me where there was a bit of a light bulb moment where she was mm. just like, oh shit. I think that's the difficult thing with these jumps is we don't see these light bulb moments. We just see the light is on. You see that something has changed. I think generally, I think Rhaenyra is beginning to fear Alicent because of her influence at court. You can see in that meeting, Rhaenyra was less sort of commanding the room and less sort of, it, you know, Alison was the one that decided when things were over yeah. that Viserys needed to rest. And even when Alison asked everyone to sit back down and listen, because she proposed this uh, marriage pact, everyone sat down except Alison. And I think that was like, you don't tell me to sit down like a real fuck you. So to sort of answer, to circle back to that. Yeah. Where did it, where did it come from? I think it's been part of this jump and I think that might be something we've lost, but just that sense. That- okay. I just thought, I just thought that at the beginning of the episode, she she just within this episode she changed her mm. her tone somewhat and I don't know whether it was because I think for me I, it may have been when she kind of fell out with Lainor and yeah. realized that actually he's just a fucking lost cause now she's she can't rely on him to kind of keep up pretense because he's he's becoming too gregarious and a bit too flamboyant yeah. a bit too open about about their arrangement like he's been out in flea bottom she said Flea Bottom. I mean, we know yeah. that's the rough part. And we of all town. know what happens in Flea Bottom. What happens in blo- Flea Bottom stays in Flea Bottom. We're well, supposed we hope. to tell that to Carl. <laughs> that's where he found Carl. But I do, I do think it's interesting because I'm. I think they they ended the episode as a team, and I think part of it is Rhaenyra going, "Look, as long as I've got him, I've got House Valerian on my on my side." Yeah, and yeah, I that's, can't that's... lose them because I haven't yeah. really got anyone. It's not enough to have a sort of lover who no one knows about because his house can't come to me either. My only thing I would say is about Harwin Strong, just really quickly, is she spent ages looking for a guy. Couldn't she have gone with Harwin Strong to begin with? Was there a reason that, like, was he not available? Was he... I don't... He's night... He's head of the city watch. Kristen Cole was literally stood outside a bedroom. It was pretty... It was a lot easier. Yeah, I guess so. They didn't have to wait for that awkward Uber. (laughs) Did you see, though, Rhaenyra using that secret entrance again in this episode when she went out? No. She snuck out and that's when she she overheard. It must connect to loads of different stairwells because she snuck out and that's when she overhears Lionel Strong and Harwin Strong talking about her and how grave the situation is. And again, I just love to see... Well, there you go. That was the point. That was the turning point. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. Yeah. 
that, that was the moment then. Because she for, was the, just like, for the hand to want to resign. Yeah. Precisely. Which is therefore, well, I, because we, she knows, I, I bet you're so right. That's when she realises if the hand resigns, Otto's going to come back. Yeah. I'm precisely. even more outnumbered. That's exactly yeah. it. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, it's a good place to go for a quick break, quick message from our sponsors, because when we come back, we are going to delve into how strong or house clearly not so strong called the fire brigade how flammable <laughs> yeah back right after this hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to episode seven of Dragoncast, home of House of the Dragon, talking about episode six, confusingly, of House of the Dragon. I'm Jamie East, and with me, as ever, is Chris Mandel. Lots to get through oh gosh, uh, yeah. on this episode. New characters, new cast, we've talked about so much already. But as we move into, I guess, the latter part of episode six, and what was a pretty shocking twist, I think, and also introduced, I think, further cemented what is easily going to be one of my favourite characters, I think, yeah. in this whole Absolutely whole saga because we don't half love a villain i think it's about time that this week's this week's wisdom touched upon a house that we know nothing about really we didn't know much about the high towers or the valarians although they were mentioned in the game of thrones books but how strong are very very kind of like obscure let's delve into them right now shall we how strong is a noble house from the riverlands who can boast descent from the first men their seat is Harrenhal, their sigil is a tripartite with blue, red and green on a white background, representing the three forks of the trident. They have no known words. Huh. During Aegon's conquest, House Strong followed House Tully in rebelling against Harrenhal, the last king to rule over the Iron Islands and the Riverlands and the builder of Harrenhal, choosing instead to support House Targaryen. This would prove a wise decision, as Aegon's dragon, Balerion the Black Dread, would roast Harren and his sons in the tallest tower of the fortress he had built. Aegon would name Sir Osmond Strong his hand, and Sir Osmond would oversee the construction of the wall around King's Landing. Sir Lucamore Strong was the victor of the Grand Malay, held for the completion of the Dragon Pit in 55 AC, and the following year, King Jaharis I of Targaryen appointed him to his King's Guard. 
Lucamore would break his vows of chastity by marrying three women and fathering 16 children. That is, I would consider that a firm breaking of chastity. If you're going to break chastity, do it like that. Yeah. Marrying three women and fathering 16 children, earning him the moniker Lucamore the Lusty. There you go. That's the tattoo I'd want. <laughs> it was his nickname. It's like, yeah, love yeah. that. Did you know they're calling Lucamore the Lusty? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> discovered that and informed the king who ordered them to castrate him and banish him to the Night's Watch. Now, Lord Lionel Strong would serve Viserys the First Targaryen as Master of Laws from 105 AC. Lionel brought two maiden daughters and two sons to court with him. The girls became handmaids to Princess Rhaenyra. Their elder brother, Sir Harwin of Breakbone Strong, was made a captain of the Gold Cloaks. The younger brother, Laris the Clubfoot Strong, joined the King's Confessors. Lionel would later replace Sir Otto Hightower as Hand of the King when King Viserys stripped Otto of the position. Now, brings us bang up to date, Lionel's son, Sir Harwin Strong, would supplant Sir Criston Cole as sworn shield to Princess Rhaenyra Targaryen, and it wasn't long before rumours circulated he was actually the true father of her three children by Prince Lainor Velaryon. And as we've learned in Westeros, rumours can be fatal. Now, as far as we know now, Laris is the only surviving heir to House Strong, for reasons yeah. we'll go into, and the new Lord of Harrenhal. But as for what heights the clubfoot may eventually reach, only the gods know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm twirling my moustache. Round of applause for uh, for Laris Strong. Amazing. Can I just say, easily, easily my favourite character. He's so, so, so weird. He steals and like, every scene. He's just so sort of sinister. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I, it, one of those things where, like, I wish he'd come in sooner because I think it would have, I think for people that were still finding their feet with this show, knowing there is a Weasley little gossip that burns his own family alive would really sell. Yeah. 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 But the signs have been there. The signs have been there right from the off. You know, I think this has been his plan all along, you know, from, I think the first time we saw him properly was at the, um, was at the hunt, the stag hunt where he kind of just like, just, yeah. do you mind, ladies, do you mind if I sit here because I'm so decrepit, I'm not allowed to be with the big boys. And, you know, I think that's all He's part of his, his his game and it's just been beautiful to watch and there was the there was the brilliant scene in episode five where yeah, he, yeah. he oh <laughs> did you not know that she, that that Rhaenyra drank the tea i hope she's he not, was like i hope she's okay i do hope i do hope it wasn't the morning after pill you know she must have been very ill because she drank this many cups and it's very strong and it's like he didn't name the tea but he was just like what do you think yeah so it must be yeah, a yeah. secret recipe <laughs> And it was delivered by the Grand Maester. I mean, that must have been really important. Yeah. And his, you know, his great quote uh, was, when what is seldom asked to speak, one learns to observe, which is just like... I think the way that they, like, didn't introduce him, you know, I just sort of said a minute ago, like, oh, I wish we'd had a bit more fanfare. But the whole point is that he's just sort of crept in, which is really clever. And this episode, he... Yeah, it's clear that he's got a, a bit of a rapport with Alison. She got home to find him already eating uh, a bit of meat pie and having some wine. Where he's kind of like, he's, yeah, he's a yeah, yeah. little confidant. Come on, you go and have the, go, go and have yeah. the small council and come back and have a little bit of a gossip about he's it. He's very like, a very like Varys, I think, yeah. but with the sadism of like Ramsay Bolton, yeah. which is and such it, a dangerous combination. There's obviously a bit of little finger in there as well for manoeuvring. Yeah, yeah but he... 100%. Which is why I think I believed Alison when, you know, the shock at what he did 
Yeah. I believed Alison where she genuinely didn't mean that. I think he 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 knew exactly what he was doing. He planted those words in her mouth so that he could say, I oh, know, but I thought when you said that, that that's what you meant. And and it was like, well, no, I just said I said we must do something. I didn't say burn your dad and brother. Yeah. He was like, Did you not explicitly tell me to lock them in a the tower? Because I did. Yeah. <laughs> but what's interesting, especially on a show like this where like your name and your identity is so important. For him to kind of massacre and mutilate his own family to achieve his own ends, that is really scary. Yeah, it's yeah. one thing to do a red wedding and kill other people that you don't like. Yeah. He killed off his father and his brother. I mean, mainly, I would imagine, because he's a little bit of Tyrion there. He's, he's been clearly been the weaker think, sibling yeah, yeah, for a yeah. long, long time. But he said... Um, he said, it's best to make your way through life unencumbered. And he says that love stays the hand. The right... The right thing to be done, it can be challenged by love. And I think what he means is when you don't have anyone that you care about, you can do the clear-headed right thing. And I think it's terrifying. Yeah, It's really scary. But he also ends the episode with the quote, I feel certain you'll reward me when the time is right. I mean, it's huge sort of blackmail vibes, but also, you know, that is kind of the person you want running your, you know, gossip mongering operation, right? Like, and... I think I don't think he is master of whispers at this point, but I think it stands to reason that like that's what he's going for, right? That's got, the job he wants. Clearly. I love I loved his kind of crew of heavies. They reminded me of the son of Harpy. Yeah, that kind yeah. of the, the so he, little gold scarab. I want one of those gold scarab beetle pin badges. They must be on Etsy. Yeah, he went to the prison and he got some people that were due to be hanged. Yeah, and he said, "Listen, I'll I'll, I'll get you out." but you've got to work for me. And he, they get their tongues cut out so they can't talk about what they're doing. Yeah. And he sent them to burn Harrenhal down, which is just chilling. It was absolutely yeah. chilling. But just, you know, I think that is a real threat to everyone. Everyone needs to be scared of this guy because he's yeah. got no loyalties. He's got no allegiances. So what is his end game then? His, his end game, I think, is probably to see Alicent on the throne or, or at least safe, yeah. certainly safe, because... Yeah that will secure his his standing in things and he will become maybe the hand of the queen consort or... or... I think exactly that. I think that's exactly it. I think he just wants power. He wants to sort of sow chaos and climb the ladder, as Littlefinger will go on to say. Yeah. And I think, yeah, he's he has done Alison a big favour because having Otto around will really help. Yes. But it's just that Faustian thing of like, oh, right, you've, you've just... You've caught, and also, also bearing in mind what is what he has given Alison is, I have killed uh, Rhaenyra's lover and the father of her children. That's devastating. That is huge. Yeah, yeah. The impact that that's going to have is going to be pretty mental. Yeah. Let's talk about this kind of weird triangle that Alison's built herself. Her kind of her her glam squad has yeah. been kind of like it's just built on blackmail completely and utterly. Yeah. You know, there's no there's yeah. no there's no love there. There's no honor there. There's no sense of having each other's back because you care about each other or or it matters to to anything other than the fact that it's personal gain. So Alison, I guess, blackmailed Kristen Cole. Why did she stop Kristen Cole from falling on his sword? Because I think I think she saw that this he would be better served in her pocket than than dead. We didn't see Rainier. I think we saw Rainier walk past him once, didn't we? Going to the small council. Oh yeah, very icy. They clearly aren't in touch anymore. Yeah. And he's 
you know, Team Allison, which well, I shot, think is he interesting. Shot his, he shot his shot and, and you know, yeah. the orange and cinnamon boat is still circling the harbour. I think he was quite horrified that he did, you know, he's not supposed to have sex. He's not supposed to have children or land or anything in that job. And I think he was horrified that he let himself get lured in. Yeah. And I think he's quite probably quite repulsed by it because he is... He sort of said in last week's episode, he was talking about, um, you know, I've come from nothing. Like, all I have is honour. All I have is the stuff I've earned. Like, you can fuck around to Rhaenyra. Yeah. You can do this because you're protected. All and I've I got think is this cloak. We, yeah. Yeah. And if I take that off slowly, because it's so bloody, so many buckles, you know, it's, I'm giving up that. And he sort of said to her in that last episode before the jump, let's like run away and we don't have to be anyone. And she was kind of like, no, I quite like being a Targaryen. I quite like being minted. Um, I just don't want to, you know, I just want to like fuck you on the side. And I think that is the thing that he just realised he'd sacrificed everything for Rhaenyra and he was never going to get. He was just a side piece. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, very interesting. I think he's, yeah, a very good confidant of Alison. And then she's obviously got Lyra Strong as well. Okay. So, so guessing, you know, I think we can, we can make a, a pretty safe assumption that Otto is going to return as Hand of the King. What do you think he'll make sure. of Alicent's BFFs then? Do you think she'll confide to him in what's happened? Mm. No, I think the, the, the next job for that uh, entourage is, listen, this is all speculation until the King dies. The big obstacle preventing Alicent from being Queen Regent or for... Aegon II to be the next king is Viserys. So I think Otto and her team are going to figure out a plan to, to kill. finish the king off. I mean, it would not take much, would it? I the think literally even, just, like, yeah, exactly. Just like some, not a lot, a bit too much salt in, in a meal or something. Tell him an off-colour joke, he'll probably have a heart attack. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear the one about the three dragons and then... Uh, little, uh, did you notice also how how much further his um, model of old Valerians come on? It's now yes. filling the whole uh, of his room. I thought that was brilliant. I think it's really interesting that his obsession with the past is crowding out his world. Yeah. He's literally having to inch around it practically, isn't he? And that's also, I mean, we I, I texted you this earlier, didn't I? That like the intro is definitely changing every week. And as the branches of the family are growing, I think that's being reflected in the, in the channels of blood. blood. Yeah. Having said that, I cannot make head nor tail of it. So if anyone who's listening or watching yeah. wants to tweet us and just kind of like explain it, I would love that. Because yeah, it doesn't feel quite to, as literal as the Thrones one, did it? That kind of. I think what's hard is that they don't have their own sigils because they've all got the same sigils. So like I, I recognise Damon's helmet with the wings mm. in this intro in episode six and it splits off into two which is to symbolise his twins. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. But it is kind of, I'd love, yeah, first of all, if anyone's got any intel on it, let us know. Secondly, if anyone has seen an interview, producer Connor's just told us that the it, it goes in the order of succession, uh, the way that it kind of cascades. It's not like a champagne fountain, isn't it? But yeah. uh, blood. Yeah which is a little bit less, uh, a little bit less delightful. Okay. I'll tell you one thing I'd like to know, actually, Jamie, before we, you know, where, where do you, so we've kind of got the battle lines between Alison and Rhaenyra. Where does Damon fit into this? Yeah, that's, that's what I, he's, he's clearly going to return. I think he seemed quite shocked at uh, what he saw and, and the events that, trend, that, that unfolded. I think he, he was quite happy in his lot. I think he felt like he'd almost like semi-retired. He was rich. Mm. He had an, he was, you know, he was, his, his children were, there, were heir to a great house. I, I think uh, him and Rhaenyra have now got unfinished business. Yeah. Well, now he's now he's not got a wife. You know, now he's not got a wife, uh, but he's got 
but he's got money. You know, he's, let's not forget he inherited his, he seems to do yeah. a good job of inheriting. Uh, he's got quite a few houses under his belt now as well. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a tough one, isn't it? He felt like, I, th- I felt like we saw a softer Damon in this episode. He didn't yeah. seem quite as, um, angry or, or even kind of swashbuckling kind of like, you know, yeah. he's normally had that Errol Flynn kind of air about him. It's a difficult one. Okay. Here's what I, th- here's what I think. The only person that can save Rhaenyra is Damon. Yeah. You know, against facing Alicent and Otto and Laris. House strong. Yeah. And Sir Kristen. Who is, who's Rhaenyra got? She's got no one. She's got her husband. Who's just banging Carl. Um, <laughs> she needs, she needs an ally. I don't think, uh, Lainor's long for this world. No, I don't either. But House Valerian will back Rhaenyra because they're happy to go along with the lie that these are Lainor's kids. Correct. But they're also, they, they, they would also be equally happy with the union between Rhaenyra and, and, and Damon because all of their kids are then union uh, are in one happy step family yeah um so i think i think she's going to have to reach out to damon and say yeah. this is what's going to happen if if you don't come and help then alicent is going to do this and we're all fucked we're all fucked so the good thing what yeah the good thing is i mean they said in this episode damon said they've got three dragons like him his wife and maybe that maybe one of their daughters has got one yeah Rhaenyra's got her dragon. Yeah. So I think we're going to start seeing, like, it's going to be a bit of who's got, who's got the, who's big, got the most dragons. A bit dragons. of a dragon swinging contest. But I think we might also see them start to assemble there. Like, if Rhaenyra's going to style herself queen, I, maybe Damon will be her hand. Maybe her husband will be, like, master of ships because he's a Valerian. Like, maybe we're going to start seeing them It's sort of getting their sort of teams together. Well, Rhaenyra's got to Dragonstone now, of course, as well. Yeah. So, Which is a good position because, that, you know, right next, Driftmark and Dragonstone are next to each other. Mm-hmm. She'll have all the ships. She'll have House Valerian behind her. She'll have Rhaenys, uh, her aunt or cousin, or yeah. I can't remember her relation. Their dragons. You know, they've got a good sort of, I think the beginnings of a good team. I just, I get the impression, and it wasn't mentioned in this episode, but uh, the reason Damon and Lena were in Pentos, I got the impression they were hiding from Corlys and the Valerians. Which, so I'm interested in that. Oh, so they're kind of almost exiles. So like proper Harry and Meghan. Exiles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it was, yeah. I just got the impression that there was a. Re- I don't. It didn't quite make sense why they were there, and even Lena was like, "This is a bit beneath us being sort of like paid to stay just here." Hired help. Yeah, yeah. That lord was like, "We'd love you to just live in this big house, but like, we need your dragons. We've got this like problem over here." Damon, did you know you could charge like five hundred pounds per cameo if you just do like video messages? Yeah, yeah it was a bit like yeah. that, wasn't it? Getting OnlyFans for the dragon, and you can rake it in. So yeah, I think that's interesting. He's the piece that I can't quite get my yeah, head around. I think he's gonna. He's, he's definitely, definitely gonna have to come back and. But and, and... it was such a good episode. Oh. Like so much. There was just so much to take in, and I. Yeah, it, it's just it does feel like part two is starting. Yeah, definitely, and, I, and I, like, I'm the same. I, I, you know, I'm clearly I'm biased, and I, I always will be team Team Thrones. We love it. But yeah. you can't hold a torch to, to that episode to any other thing I've seen on telly for a long time, with maybe the exception of Succession. Mm. It feels like a the equivalent of that phrase about a frog when you boil it alive. They don't know it's boiling because the heat is just gently going up constantly, and that's what I think this season is it is really all building to something and i, well, I think we've only got four episodes yeah. left it's building to a war 
You know, we've got we've clearly got Viserys has got to die. Otto's got to come back. Yeah. Damon and Rhaenyra are got to be doing something together. And like you say, yeah. Dragonstone's right next to um, Driftmark. So you know, I think, and we are, we've already seen, you know, back in Thrones, you know, Dragonstone was seen as the as the the foe of King's Landing because of, um, you know, Stannis yeah. was there. Then yeah. uh, Daenerys was there. It's always yeah. been, oh, holy shit, they've got Dragonstone. Yeah, it's an incredibly uh, helpful bit to hold because you're so close to King's Landing, but also you can retreat to Essos and also yeah. access to other parts. I think it's really, I'm really excited, but... Oh, very, yeah. I've got no, you know, we've got no clue. We're, we're now in the... Uh, in the now, hands of HBO and, uh, and Sky Atlantic. Night is dark and full of terrors. Funnily enough, I'm going to leave you on this. Just a little a little okay. sidebar. Someone messaged me on Twitter. Matt Scott, who's a friend of Thronecast, a friend of the show, very old friend of mine, works at Sky. In fact, edited a lot of Thronecast. Messaged me and said, um, you know, you were, t- you were talking about how, you know, no characters can be in uh, House of the Dragon because it's 172 years. He was like, what about the Red Witch? Yeah, because she was like 200 years old. She could be bombing around somewhere. So we'll leave you on that. We'll leave you on that. Uh, Chris, I've loved I've loved chatting to you about this. Such a pleasure. What an amazing... can't believe we get to do this every week. Oh, it's a joy. It's a joy. Best job <laughs> in the world. It's so much fun. I cannot wait for episode 10. Uh, thanks so much for listening or watching. Hope you have enjoyed it as much as I have and as Chris has. If you've got any thoughts, any comments, we do read every single one. Just tweet us at dragoncast underscore pod or email dragoncast at daftdoris.com or leave a comment underneath in the uh, in the YouTube comments. Let us know your thoughts. It does feel like a bit of a reset. So maybe next next episode, we'll take a bit of time and go through all of your comments and your theories and, and all of that stuff. So yeah. get your, get your theories in. What the hell is Damon up to? That's what we want to know. And uh, are we too early? No, I'm going to say, what's the last scene of episode 10 going to be? That's what I want to know. Oh, we- <laughs> oh. Get in early. Oh. Next week. So Chris, I'll leave you to think about it. What's the okay. last scene of episode 10 going to be? What is that cliffhanger going to be? Okay. Until next time, my friends. Dracaris. Don't forget House of the Dragon airs exclusively on Sky Atlantic at 2am every Monday, then repeats that same evening at 10. You can also get it on demand via now. If you'd like to get involved in the podcast, just head over to Twitter at dragoncast underscore pod or email dragoncast at daftdoris.com and leave us your Easter eggs, predictions and thoughts on the show. You can also watch this episode over on our YouTube channel. Just search for Dragoncast Jamie East. Any support, whether it's a follow, a share, a mention to your friend on the bus or a tattoo on your backside is very much appreciated. Dragoncast is hosted by me, Jamie East, along with Chris Mandel, produced by Connor Driscoll, edited by Buddy Peace, and is a Daft Doris production. Dracaris. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.